Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. Welcome to the family. We chose this one. This is episode 305, Life in the Fast Lane, number 13, Too Fast, Too Furious, minute 88. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we have no sponsor today because it is a... Life in the Fast Lane. Sponsored by the Too Fast, Too Forever Hall of Fame voting. Go vote now, cageclub.me slash vote. Oh, it's almost over, right? So I... So I, I... We could move it, but I'm not going to. We're recording... We're releasing the Fastivus episode on the 22nd, which is Fastivus. Yes. That is the Hall of Fame. We are recording that episode at like 7 p.m. on the 21st. So we are basically like, as soon as we're done there, I'm going to be like, give me your file, and then I'm going to edit it right then and put it up for midnight. So Sounds good. Quick yeah. turnaround. So you have, as of this recording, one week to vote. As of the release on the Patreon feed, about six days five or six days to vote and on the main feed you have one day to vote cageclub.me slash vote please go vote there please and thank you we also have an email address so i think we do emails first if it feels like we have okay well yeah you mix it up sometimes i, I know, know. You, I, you I, do. I never i never really know how to really do these because we've only done was it 13 yeah maybe yeah. I feel like we I feel like we normally start with extracurriculars then go to emails, but you've definitely done emails first, then gone to extracurriculars. I know things now. I can't wait to watch Fast Ten again. We're gonna watch Same. it again tomorrow to prepare for Cara. Bonus episode on Friday with Cara Gala Regan. Very exciting that we it's now on video so she can see it at home in the comfort of her own home. I haven't so I haven't watched it yet. It sounds like you haven't rewatched it yet either. I have not, no. Okay, I'm, I'm excited though. A million other movies we'll talk about in the Same, uh, yeah thing but let's go to the email first but first before that so email second patreon shout out to cassie wilson nick burris alex ellen and justin Kleiman, brian rodriguez of high school slumber Ooh. party he's returning very soon Wes hampton jerry robinson dan the duke hayden renato d donato michael mcgann lane middleton Lindsay lewandowski nate milton of the kings of sport jason rainey tom price mike gallier josh buckley of whole lot of wolves yep michael moser christian larson and jessica collins aka Mon- montez thank you all for supporting the five dollars a month level or above too fast to forever.com if you want early access to every episode bonus episodes we do have in the next two or three weeks like carrie's episode of fast 10 is the last episode of fast 10 we have until we get to it this lap in like december or january wow. but but we've got two regular bonus episodes only forever on the patreon at too fast to forever.com coming out in the next couple of weeks so if you want those too fast to forever.com also you can pick what we watch you can get stickers handwritten notes undying love and affection and more importantly just you know early access to stuff and bonus episodes at too fast to forever.com and we have two new one dollar patrons joe oh wow premax i don't know who this is but premax shout out to them i don't think they've written right in write in and tell us who you are do you say pre-max or remax with a P? Pre-max. P-R-E-M-A-X. Pre-max. And we also have Post-max? Post-max. Just max now. HBO okay. Max is just max now. So it's just max. Oh, okay. That works, yeah. And then we have Jeff C., who Jeff wrote in. So he, he uh, Jeff sends an email saying, okay, I'm in. 
All right, I'm going around again. I knew I'd be rewatching all these at some point, so why not just start now? I'll be here for all of lap 13 with you. If you don't mind me hanging around, I even did a ranking. And he sends of a, course. Link, a link to a letterboxed. We love and you then, hanging around. So here's here's how he signs the email, which I think is very funny and I, I, I think shows that he has not listened to the show a lot yet. He writes, Jeff, G-E-P-H, with a G as in dot G-I-F. So when I see that, I think Gif with yeah. a G. But I think it's Jeff. But I, I think don't it's think very it's funny. Gef. I think it's very funny that he's like, here's how to pronounce my name, a very simple, straightforward way. And I'm just like, don't think that's it. Because he wouldn't be correcting it unless I got it wrong, which I got it wrong recently because I called him Gef because it looks like Gef. But he says it's like Gif, but it's really like Jeff. Gif. Jeff's on the right side of history. I like Jeff. I had to laugh about that. I'm just like, oh, no. He doesn't know about the 300 episodes from here till there that we argue about this. So here are Jeff's rankings. Are you ready? So, again, it yes, seems please. like he wants to rewatch these. I don't know how accurate this is. On, on Letterboxes, updated seven days ago, my Fast and Furious ranking after having seen each of them once. Got to get those numbers up, bud. Rookie numbers. So I'm going to go from, he has some notes, because Letterboxd, when you make a list, you can add notes. You don't have to add notes. Like, very few of my lists have notes, but he has he has notes on some of these. Okay, cool. Um, from the bottom up, devastating. Number 11, Tokyo Drift. Oh, God. I wasn't into this one the first time around, but now that I know what's up, its ranking may change next time. Number 10, he has Fate. Number 9, he has 9. Number okay. eight, he has seven. He says, I watched seven, eight, and nine pretty close together. And honestly, they kind of blur together right now. It's kind of kind of a trilogy in its own way. Yeah. Number seven, he has Too Fast. Number six, Hobbs and Shaw. Number five, the newest one, Fast 10. Okay. Number four, the OG, the Fast and the Furious. Number three, surprisingly high, maybe, Fast and Furious 2009, number four in the yeah, third yeah, spot. Yeah. I was waiting for it. Fast Five at number two and Fast and Furious Six at number one. I knew little about this franchise going into this year, but I did know about the world's longest runway, and it was great to see it all play out. I do love the world's longest runway. I really, really do. And Jeff tagged list 2F2F. So maybe he'll be taking more list 2F2F. I have a, I, if, if you Thank follow you, me Jeff. on Letterboxd, I have a 2F2F tag that has some nonsense on there if you want to, you know. What else? What, what, what list do I have? Uh, all the movies we cover of the podcast, my rankings, a private list of unused car movies, private and then list. movies with references to the Fast and Furious franchise, which I have 16 lists, 16 movies right now. Anyway, thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for writing in. Appreciate the uh, patron, too. Family at cageclub.me if you want to email them. we got a bunch of different emails. Got a bunch of different star colors. I've got green emails starred for Patreon episodes that we're going to read. I've also got green stars for Elvis Pod. I've got red stars here for car pictures. I've got yellow stars. Why are Elvis Pod emails coming to family? No, no, no. It's just on my Gmail. It's in my Gmail. Okay. Lane did send in. Did you watch that TikTok that I sent to uh, you and Heather before we recorded with Heather about the, the, the woman bemoaning her son's name? Do you remember that? When Heather's no. like, I could use some editing. So Lane said in a TikTok that I was like, we'll watch it. We'll talk about it. We forgot to talk about it, but I watched it. Um, it's this woman who's probably, you know, you know, in her 20s, early 30s, talking about how uh, she named her kid Dom. And he was upset that he was not named after Dominic Toretto. And 
he's like, why didn't you? But he like he loves the movies. He wish. And then she, he's like, but you know, when I become an adult, like I get to pick my like adult name, right? And she's like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, well, when you turn eighteen, you get to pick your adult name. She's like, that's not a thing. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> if you got to pick a name, what would you pick when you turned eighteen? He says Brian Earl Spillner. So like. <laughs> I don't know if it's a bit. I don't know if it's real, but I loved it so much. So, Lane, thank you for saying that. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, It was very funny because she's, you know, just like a cute, you know, TikTok lady. And she was just talking about her son loving these movies and so disappointed that that he did not get to choose his adult name. And then the adult name he wanted would have been Brian Earl Spillman. She's like, where did we go wrong? I kind of like this idea, though. I think at 18, you should get to pick your adult name. Do you ever hear the story about the guy that renamed himself Spider-Man and he said it was like the worst decision of his life? No, that's that seems that seems right. Because he's like, well, only because he's like, every time I try to go on a date, the woman's like, what's your name? And he's like, Spider-Man. And like, I change it to that. And they're like, no, it's not. And then he shows them his driver's license. And they're like, no. And every time he applies for a job, they just throw his resume away because his name's Spider-Man. And they're like, this guy's lying. And they just throw it away. So yeah, maybe don't or maybe change it back. You know, hey, hey, with great power comes great responsibility. That's true, but also it's not, the guy sounds like he's causing trouble for himself. Yeah, I agree. All right, we have an email address, though, family at cageclub.me. The reason I'm saying that there are Patreon emails is that I'm going to read, I was saying to Joe before we started recording, I'm going to read emails where patrons reveal their picks on Patreon episodes. So if you even want that Which access, is a great idea, yeah. Too fast, too forever.com. Okay. Lane sends in two more TikToks, which I have not seen yet. It's hard to do TikToks while we're recording, because I'm not going to edit that out. But we will get there. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Right. I forgot. I forgot that I actually did more work for this. Okay. So someone emails in, and I don't think that they're going to... (sighs) Okay. Okay. Good start. Someone emails in, question on your great last Witch Hunter review. This is from Alexander, or Alex. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex from Germany. I have a question regarding a quote in the movie. I've enjoyed your podcast episode. I would really like to hear your opinion. So Alex, last week, Jenner, with Mark Hoffmeyer. Yep. Emails in a question. And I, I, I guess I could respond. I, maybe I'll respond and just say, hey, it's going to be on this episode. But like, it'd be funny to be like, hey, here's a question. Love to hear the answer. And it's like, okay, cool. I hope you listen to every episode because you don't know when this email is going to get answered. But no, it's say, better to tell them like, oh, I'll yeah, say, it comes out now. Yep. I will also say, without going into details, you know the specifics, someone emailed Boyfriend Material saying that she was so excited to listen to one episode, and she started listening to the episode, and our guest so turned her off that she turned off the podcast in disgust, and I responded to her, and I was just like, so sorry, that guest is never on the show again. Um, hope you give us another No, that was too many clues. That was too many clues. Well, no, we, we, we didn't really have, like, it's not Brian, I don't, and I don't think we've had, like, I don't think we had repeat guests on there. Anyway, she did not, re- she did not respond. Yeah, she was over our shit. After we, what did we? What was the movie? I you. Well, I can't say me, the movie. The movie's gonna. Get oh away. yeah, that'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, it was a movie that Joey was like, "Yeah, it was on this movie." I was like, "I don't remember watching that." So that might be a clue there. So Alex says there is this scene as of minute fifty six where the last witch hunter and Chloe visit Danique Van Dorn. Danique says, "Quote: So many of us pretend to be something we're not, but you, you've lived." A man who's walked through history to have known Napoleon, dot, dot, dot. 
Alex says, what is she implying when saying many pretend to be something they're not, but you have lived? Question mark. Did she imply that many of us invent fake stories about ourselves in order to make us look better in front of others, but the last witch hunter does not have to pretend because he has seen it all or lived through it all? He does not need to pretend to be something he is not because he is serene and mellow after all those centuries. Or did she maybe imply something else? Kind regards, Alex. And I was like, interesting. Alex. I, I have an answer for you here, bud. Hit the answer, because I also asked Mr. Mark Hoffmeyer what he thought. I think Alex just actually was was using too much of his brain there, imparting a deeper, more philosophical meaning on this, when she just means, like, you saw some shit. Not necessarily about, like, you know, his his character or his inventedness. She just like, but you've lived. Like, we say this all the time, but like, you've seen, like, you've lived a life. You know what I mean? Like, he's just seen some shit. So I think that's what it, it it's just like, stupidly a very simple answer in my head. That's what I perceive it as. How about you, bud? Well, I will say what Mark said first. Witch Hunter definitely doesn't need to pretend, LOL. Actually, he might need to make himself more boring. Thus, he pretends he isn't the super cool protector of Earth. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Okay. There was a quote that I saw today in a newsletter I get that dates back to a whole bunch of different things. Let me find the exact quote. But it's basically, it ain't pretense if you've done it. Right. Like it's, you know, if you've done it, it ain't bragging. Right. Like the the last witch hunter has been around for so long and he has lived so much life that like he can just be whatever he wants to be or doesn't want to be. And he's lived it and he has lived it. Right. So I think it's also it's Vin. It's just Vin can be Vin. Right. I and I also think if Vin had anything to do with the writing, it's winning used to be about winning in witch hunter form. A, A line that did not make it into the movie. I'm so sad it didn't. Just in the trailer. Maybe in the director's cut. So the the version on demand right now of Fast 10, which is out, is only the theatrical cut. So hopefully when the Blu-ray comes out, there's still no date on that. I have it pre-ordered. Hopefully, hopefully, there will be an extended version with other scenes and other lines and stuff like that. And maybe, and specifically, hopefully, that line makes it in because we need that. Winning used to be about winning. If it doesn't, that's even a bigger flub. And I want to know what, what actually happened there. Yeah. Our next email from someone, Jackie Jones. Don't know who this person is. What's up, Jackie? Nice to hear from you. They said, y'all hear about this, and then links to a thing. Loves the show. Love the show. Salute, Jackie. So Jackie links to this thing on Bloomsbury.com called Full Throttle Franchise, The Culture, Business, and Politics of Fast and Furious. And this is an academic essay on... The Fast and the Furious, of course, as the name implies. Oh, okay. It says, Full Throttle Franchise is the first book to offer an in-depth analysis of the Fast and Furious, bringing together a range of scholars to explore not only the style and themes of the franchise, but also its broader cultural impact and legacy. You can read an extract online if you want to buy it. It's like 80 or or $100 because it's a literary thing, whatever. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I want to talk to these people. There's Joshua Gulam, Fraser Elliott, and Sarah Feinstein, and I dm'd them or tweeted at them and they're all going to be joining us later this lap to talk about the movies so, so thank you jackie that was your look at look what you instigated that's beautiful shout out to jackie i don't think jackie's one of them no jackie's not one it would be funny if jackie if one of the authors is like hey you hear about this and then wink wink but yes no it's somebody else something something different altogether so jackie shout out to them 
Uh, yeah. We are talking to these three authors, I think, on the Fate of the Furies episode. So, and we're going to read the book beforehand, too, so we can talk about the book. We did get a complimentary copy, which was very nice. Very, very sweet of them. So, again, Jackie, thank you for that as well. Next email. Ooh, new rankings in this one. We have from Jerry Robinson, subject line, Fast 10 Review. Oh, Jerry, what's up, bud? We oh, have a couple people a- writing in about Fast 10. I don't remember if these are people who have seen it once or twice now or what, but, you know, we'll find out. It all kind of blurs together. As I'm literally writing this email, I'm walking to my car, just got out of the theater after Fast 10. This is sent on June 6th, so eight days ago, so a couple weeks after it came out. Got off early, had more than enough time in between work and going home to watch, so I raced from Oakland to Pleasant Hill, about 25 minutes away, to the theater, paid my $6 Cinemark Tuesday, small popcorn, few good puffs in my weed pen, and went in. Here's my review. Good start, yes. With later on a brand new ranking with the original 10. I loved it. Callbacks to prior movies definitely showed the quick five-minute timeline of the movies when Daughter Nobody and Ames were discussing. I knew Ames was too good to be true. There's always a cop that turns on the family. And speaking of Alan Richson, did you know he was Aquaman on Smallville? Two Aquaman doing dance. We learned that very recently. Very, very We learned recently. that very recently, but we've, we've been bringing it up every chance we get, bud. Thank you. Other callbacks I noticed, the typical racing scene, party bumping, booty shaking paradise, Dom shows up to the party like it's just for him, actual racing, traveling necklace, the guy in Rio that blew up, in parentheses, was in Fast Five losing his blue Porsche Dom. Yep. Shout out to Diogo, rest in peace Diogo, if he is actually dead. R.I.P. Diogo. Dom's strength, his racer focus, car lifts up in the air, the car racing ending, and the return of Giselle and Hobbs for backup with extra action like the Expendables meets Infinity War. Crazy driving, exploding scene with even the ending like Infinity War. Now on to Dante Momoa. He's a sick fuck. That's all there is to it. Oh god. Oh god. Split personality. Outfits turn from bougie to Met Gala to at times very handsome. With his hair down and want to be your bestie while torturing you, like with the guards betraying Cypher, love her look this time, because he has their family hostage. But shit, he is borderline crazy and smart. Thinking Not even three borderline. Steps ahead of, no, it's definitely Just crazy. crazy. Thinking three steps ahead of By the way, side note, did you, it seems like the pictures that I picked for four favorite scenes of the decade are, like, that thing is going that, viral. That tweet, like, that tweet blew up. I wanted to commend you on it, but I was waiting to talk to you to tell you, you've been killing it lately. You've hit some, you've hit some good ones, but this one was like, has hit the hardest, apparently. I wish that anything we did that, like, actually helped us, like, it might, but, like, no, nobody knew it was followed us. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. But would you agree, are those the four best, so the only movies that come out this decade are nine and ten, right? Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw was 2019. The scenes that I picked for the, it was like a Twitter meme going around that Mark Hoffmeyer did. Yeah, I mentioned Mark Hoffmeyer, and I quote tweeted it. And I did Dom and Han hugging when Han enters the hideout, and then also yep. from that same movie, Roman in Outer Space. Yep. And then from ten, we have the aforementioned sick fuck of Dante with the tape. The on tape a guy's, scene. Yeah. Yeah. The tape scene. And then Cannon Car High Five. Cannon Car High Five is pretty awesome, yeah. Are there any from 9 or 10 that you think you would have wanted to put in, and would there be one that you would swap out? Because I knew that I wanted Han, and I knew that I wanted... Like, I think that the ones from 10 were easier, because it's fresher in my mind. It was, like, the Cannon Car I knew, like, from the trailer, which is, like, awesome, because people love... If The one thing I've learned from these... People love the Momoa stuff, which is also, you know, that that crazy scene. But also people love Cena, and so I wanted the Cannon Car thing. And I was trying to think, like, what else from nine? And like, it space with Roman, it's pretty cool. Space, but like, space is pretty awesome. Yeah. If you were gonna do two from each movie, is there one of those that you would swap out or no? I I wouldn't. I don't know which one I would swap out, but I would have used uh, 
uh, Twinkie, Earl, and Sean as one of them. Like the re- I think the reveals hit. Like I, I would have if I were to do it, I would have probably did a Giselle on the submarine, mm. a Hobbs in the thing, a Twinkie, Sean, and thing, and then Han hugging Dom. I, that w- I would have been like Bring my four. back bringing everyone back situations i thought about that because i was like scrubbing through nine to see like what other scenes or whatever and i got to see where they're them and i'm like kind of like the, the, the car in space is them like they're not in the shot but like it's because of them right so like they're kind of it there is no no i get it yeah i'm with you i i think you picked better pictures to represent it i think moment wise i kind of would have done that but that's just for my own take and i, I don't think everybody agrees with that either so I was trying to do it for myself, too, like, my personal four favorite scenes, and I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I think having it narrowed down, like, only two movies, like, because, like, Mark was like, I had to include Deep Blue Sea 3, or what, like, there was some movie that he's just like, this is the movie I need to have in the force, like, I chose it, like, as, like, that was a cutoff or whatever, so, only having two movies, because, like, you, you add in, like, Hobbs and shots, like, do you put one of those in, like, what do you cut out? I'm like, only having two movies, two of each, Mingo, done, right? Yep, yeah, you did good, though, it looks good. Thank you. Yeah. I also realized how, like, I've never really used the Twitter. This is Shout Out You, the Bird app, my favorite site with my favorite owner. Um, yes. The the photo cropping is super easy. I don't know if you ever, like, tap on it. You can, like, zoom and you can, like, do, like, a different ratio and stuff like that. Like, it's, like, right in the app on, and on the website. Oh, too. no. Like, it actually, like, it's it's remarkably good. I was like, oh. So how, so how is Lord Tesla going to break it? So they just got kicked out of their Colorado office today for not paying rent. A, a judge signed a thing that's just like, no, we can, you can evict them because they haven't. You know, paid for you know the best way to keep money is to not spend it, Joey. Yeah, I know. Stop being a fucking peasant and learn how to be a businessman. Duh. <sighs> Where was I? Okay, thinking three steps ahead. Jerry writes about Momoa. Three steps ahead of everyone, two ahead of Dom. Draining the family's bank accounts to pay for mercenaries to kill the family is a master chess move like we think it's checkmate, but really just a check for him. That's gangsta. Reminds me of Jack Black. Okay, mixed with a joke. I like that he's just like, badass, badass, badass. Reminds me of Jack Black. Like, I get what he's saying, but it's also like... <laughs> reminds me of Jack yeah. Black mixed with a joker, and surely some scenes the director was like, just go for it, whatever you want. I think pretty much the whole movie, but yeah. there We're going to get to some news later about Momoa that I have saved. Old Man Rock saying that line was so cringe. Like, why and drop Pete Davidson too? That's like saying Logan Paul should win the WWE World Heavyweight title. Giselle as beautiful in the snow like always. And I fucking called Jacob dying to protect the family. If you need to get away from two helicopters, just get Dom and his charger. Yep. Yeah. All that's done. Here's my new ranking system featuring only the 10 main movies. So Jerry, like other people, cuts out Hobbs and or Shaw. I do wonder. I mean, I guess we're going to see like what it's like. But with Vin producing Hobbs, if it's called actually called Hobbs, Fast and Furious presents Fast Hobbs. X presents Hobbs. Will people include that in their rankings? I think you're going to have to because it's going to be if they said it. This is a bridge movie. I think that you're going to have to. Hobbs and Shaw was Jerry's eighth. So I'm just going to clear that out. No longer in there. Done. Cut it. So he has from one to ten, top down. Number one was his old number one, Fast and Furious 6, everyone at peak level before Action Madness. Number two, still Fast 5, peak rock. Number three, still the OG, forever third on my list. That's how the franchise started. He is in number four. He's got Fast 10, Cliffhanger, Avengers-like action nostalgia. 
Fast Ten was good, dude. It broke. I, for, I think it's gonna break into the top half and stay in the top half because it, it's like in. It's firmly in the top half, just a tier down from the first three, from what we're seeing from everyone. Mm-hmm. And nine kind of started like middle, and then tapered down. Remember? Yeah. So we have official rankings from three people so far, from Wells, from Jeff, and from Jerry. And it's five five four. Jerry, the high water market number four, but you know they're all in that clump. They're all clumped together. But though, right here, you're saying that it tapers down. Number five, he has fast nine, which actually moves up one or two, really, because he has a new one in there. The return of Han. Number six falls one. Tokyo Drift. Han. Need I say more? Number seven still in the same spot. Too fast. Different approach connects with the too fast prelude. Number eight, falling four spots. Furious seven. It was okay, but very heavy. Okay. Number nine, up a spot. Fate of the Furious. Roman was perfect. And number 10, down a spot. Fast four, a reboot that didn't need to happen. I think it, I, Jerry, I, I agree to disagree. I think it did need to happen because then we wouldn't have all the rest of these glorious movies. We have an email from West. Thank you to Jerry. Email from West. Fast 10 continued. What up, fam? And I will say that West sends in two more emails. When he said it was going to be a West heavy episode, I was like, I don't know what that means. And now I do. Okay, West. What up, fam? I have a handful of notes from the previous two or three episodes. So I figured I would send them all at once. This was sent a week ago. So there's at least one more. I don't know when things come out. There's a lot. I think people, Wes writes, fans and characters are going to give are giving Roman too hard a time for walking them into a trap in Rome. It's not like he went looking for a mission. He was handed the mission and intel from the agency who they all implicitly trusted. It's not his fault. Ames was a secret bad guy. They talked about how Rome might not be leadership material, but no one ever mentioned that this was a trap before they went through with it or might be a trap. Fair. So they're all equally at fault. That's pretty fair. That that's a good assessment. I like that. That's a that's a good take. Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah. It's not like he like set out to like. He's like oh he, he didn't double cross them. Correct. He just got fucked. Like and if no and Dom okayed it. Han okayed it. Tej was there. Like any one of them could have been to blame for like not calling shenanigans. Right. Yeah. Regarding the non-exploding bomb rolling through Rome, bombs have one job, which is to explode only when they're supposed to. I would say that it was an exceptionally good bomb if it could handle all those hits and being on fire without detonating. I just think you don't give the Fastiverse bomb techs enough credit. They're extremely good at their jobs. Yeah, but I don't think Dante built the... So, okay, never mind. That's like a whole other conversation. Like, who built that bomb? They had a life before we knew them. Maybe the agency built it. Maybe Ames built it, right? Maybe. Celia Blancafleur was a really good guest. It's a shame she can't do a whole lap because I think she's kind of the perfect new fan experience to have on the show. She knew a little about the series, but it seemed like she didn't really have any preconceived notions or prejudices for or against it. And she tried to approach it with no expectations while also understanding the time in which it was made. It's rare that I talk to anyone who's seen one for the first time recently without focus without them focusing mainly on how it's aged. That's a good point. Very true. Excellent point. I agree. She was very forgiving. Yes. I always laugh when Brian says they have a 20-mile hike and then cut to them getting out of a cab. I assumed it was just a nice, largest, random number meant to suggest they had a long trip back to the Toretto house, regardless of how they're getting there. But even if they were 20 miles away, 20-mile cab ride in L.A., even at night would take a little while. Not nearly the six to seven hours it would take if they walked, but a while. Yeah, that's fair. As far as vehicles go, I would have considered something that 
that's a powered method of transportation being a vehicle, so I probably would have disqualified surfboards or even bikes. But according to the Oxford English Dictionary definition, Ooh. a vehicle is anything used for transporting people or goods. So a surfboard could be considered a vehicle. I think you should maybe narrow it down to being how it's being used, though. Is the surfboard being used for transportation or is it being used for fun and entertainment? That's it for today. Until next time, stay furious. Wes. That's where I think I kind of land now, too. It's it's is it being used for transportation of goods or people? I will also say that Wes was like, how are you doing RRR? There's not really vehicles. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I haven't seen the movie. I just want to see. I want to watch the movie. Like, just enjoy it. Like, don't <laughs> overthink, like, was a vehicle or not? Like, if a bike's not a vehicle, you know, like, we can't do rad. And we're going to do fucking do rad. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you exactly. want? Exactly. Are we going to do rad this lap? Yeah. Yeah. Of course we awesome. are. Awesome. Amazing. Of course we are. Next email is from Wes. The last quarter mile, a poem. What up, fam? This is something I wrote when Mrs. Wes and I were doing our marathons of the series a few weeks ago, and it seemed appropriate to send in since you just did the first movie again. For a long time, I've wondered about the timeline and plot inconsistencies in the franchise. At some point several years ago, I started to think about how all mythologies are full of contradictions and inconsistencies for any number of reasons. People studying them now just understand and accept that. So what if we treat these stories as modern myths they are, and these characters like ancient mythic heroes? Differences would occur as storytellers change, and the truth is somewhere near but not exactly Ooh. what we see on screen. I don't know if this makes any sense, or it's just my brain trying to retcon the real world into justifying the FNF story issues. It's kind of a half joke and half what is actually happening with the series. Now, as you know, I'm a big Tolkien fan, and recently I've spent more time reading and studying him. I was struck by one of his main academic interests and inspirations, alliterative verse. I won't give a detailed explanation, but it's enough to know it's an overarching type of poetry prominent in Germanic, Old English, and Middle English that uses alliteration as its main stylistic component. Poems like Beowulf and Sir Gawain and the Green Knight were written in alliterative, alliterative verse, and I think it works really well to sell the grandness and emotional impact of a story. So, of course, I thought, why not adapt FNF in this style? I haven't uh -oh. adapted the entire series, parentheses, yet, but I have composed this 50-line poem that covers the final race to the train tracks in the first movie. Can we, can we, wait, I know where this is going, and can we save it and read it on the Fastiverse episode? Ooh, that's good. Let me, let me, okay, yeah. Do you like that? I just wanted to pause you right there before, like... Yeah, so there's one more paragraph, and I want to see... I don't know what this audio is. Maybe he reads it. I don't know. The power of all poetry is in hearing it out loud, especially this type of alliterative verse. So I've included an audio file of me reciting it. Wes, get out of here. You're never going to be on the podcast. We're not putting your voice on here. Get out of here. Nonsense. <laughs> I'm counting on the fact that none of your listeners are Germanic or Old English poetry scholars, because I'm sure I broke some metrical rules a few places, but it was a fun exercise anyway. This is probably the silliest thing I've done regarding FNF, and while working on it, I would write a dozen lines or so very seriously and read them aloud, then think about them and make adjustments, and then just laugh at how ridiculous it all is. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. I fucking love this idea, and I do want to hear it, but I do want to save it because I think it would be way more fun on the Fasti the Fastiverse episode. What is it? Fa Festivus. Fastivus. Fastivus. Not Fastiverse. Fastivus for the rest of us. Also, West, West, tell us if you want us to dramatic read it or if you want you to dramatic read it. Well, he has the file. I mean, I could do it, but, you know, I mean, I mean, I could, like, play his thing, but, you know. 
Is is it written too, or is it just? It's written reading? too. Yeah, I have I have the written. I That's what I mean. Versions. So tell. Do you want us to do a performative reading of it, or do you want us to like listen to your performative reading of it? The next email from Garrett Smith. Subject line. Fan favorite Garrett Smith. Subject line. Oh fuck. All right. He says it. Fast ten follow up. What up, family? Main feed fan fave Garrett Smith here. Parentheses. Read it, Joey. Read it. Well, I did. That's he a, did. He definitely so did. He tricked me into doing it. My group chat was popping off with Fast 10 Talk this week. We were talking about John Cena and Scott Eastwood. I personally like them both in this movie a lot. They both seem comfortable on screen in ways that they did not in their prior Fast performances. I wonder if this is something we can credit Leterrier for, allowing these actors to come in and just do what they do, let Cena be Cena and Eastwood be Eastwood, even if that's a less defined thing. It seems like Leterrier knew that Funkle Jacob is what this franchise wants and needs out of Cena more than brooding Jacob. Definitely. I know some people don't like how different his character is from movie to movie, but I'm all in on how this franchise uses family. I'm fully willing to believe this is the man Jacob would have been if his family had stood by him and in this universe he gets to magically become that man between movies now that his family is by him. It rules. But it also makes his fate extra tragic, which is probably part of the point and reason for the change in character, but also felt like a mistake by the end. The universe needs Funkle Jacob. I agree. And I actually saw a tweet of someone that said that, or like, why did they change Jacob? He was so silly, this movie. Like, I I wish he would go back to being brooding. And I was like, uh, I think it was one of the most fun parts for me. So it seems like everybody else that talks to us agrees that, Funkle Jacob, much, much greater than brooding Jacob. Mm-hmm. I agree. Funkle, also fun uncle. It's not something that Brian Rodriguez coins, but he is definitely, he's the one who uses it a lot the most in my life, right? Funkle. Yeah, exactly. I was surprised by how much I was stoked to see Eastwood and how much I liked him just popping in and out real quick. He just seemed more comfortable here and it came across on camera. He was delightful. I think it's probably the first compliment we've seen someone give Scott Eastwood, but you know, it works. Yeah, that works. My real point, he says, is that against all odds, I think I'm kind of excited by Leterrier's presence here for the end of the series. He seems to be communicating appropriately with the franchise, finding what it needs and wants, both specifically from his demanding actors and more generally from the fans of the overall quote-unquote saga being told. Dude got dropped into chaos and turned it into some genuine cinematic fun that's worth celebrating. Our next email from Tara... I don't know who Tara is, but Tara's a new listener, new fan in for the long haul. Hey, Lou and two. Lou and two. New fan to both the movies and series. I saw the first movie back when I was 11, and it just wasn't my thing because I wasn't into cars. So I didn't just pay attention to the series going forward. I was culturally aware of the series and how ridiculous both its names and action got, but that was the extent of my knowledge. Then last winter, I was in the hospital for a few days without a phone, so I found myself watching actual cable television for the first time in what must be close to 15 years. And guess what? Fast and Furious was on. on, (laughs) And on separate days, I wound up catching the middle 45 minutes of 5 and 7 on the Sci-Fi Network, fittingly enough. I was able to piece together that they were Fast and Furious movies based on the actors I knew were in them and the fact that I kind of remember what Dom's special wheelie car looked like. But having no TV guide, I was left very confused and with a desperate need for answers about how we went from street racing to driving through skyscrapers and jumping off buses, falling off cliffs. Plus, Letty's dead in one movie and has amnesia in the other. I tried to stream the movies, but could only find the third. 
I knew it didn't have Dom or Brian, so I thought I could watch it on its own. But by the end of that movie, I had so many questions. I could only <laughs> do one thing by the box set. I spent the next few weeks recovering and watching all nine main movies and have since watched it again with commentary, as well as forced my partner to watch them all with me. I've since been looking for a podcast I could virtually nerd out about this silly slash amazing film franchise with. It's been hard to find people who share my enthusiasm, who also produce a hefty amount of content enough to really sink my teeth into. Uh I do find podcasts hyping these movies. They're usually only like an hour long or hour long one off app where they talk about five, which is upsetting me because I am someone who gets obsessed over media. I either want nothing to do with it or I want to know everything about it. That's kind of how I operate. So I really want some virtual companions to dive into the quote unquote fastiverse now that I feel the MCU is floundering. You have family here. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. I know you like to hear people's rankings, but after watching 10, my opinions are kind of in flux, so I want to save my fast rankings for a later totally email fine. for now, though. Totally okay. Totally I'd like to okay. give you my fast cast rankings where I list the podcast I've talked to, or I've listened to, that have talked about these movies. We are not number one. This is, okay, it's, Good. Kind of a, it's kind of a weird backhand compliment, but whatever. We, Good. Fine. Number seven, now playing. Not, and also, I know that Wes has listened to like every possible thing. So, Wes, you know, let us know if you agree. Number seven, now playing. Not a huge fan of the host. Also, apologies to like all these other podcasts. Like, if you, whatever. So, I think I remember them being very anti Vin Diesel, which I am not about. Though maybe I'm thinking of another one. Number six, kind of funnies in review. Not bad. Too many people. Hard to keep up with who is talking. Number five, the rewatchables. Great hosts, great discussions, but they've only covered a couple of movies. Number four, Newcomers, the only one that I'm really familiar with. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. Love Gabrus and Nicole. Maybe a little too horny at times and too much time recapping the movie. Not enough time talking about it. But John Gabrus is great. Nicole Byer is great. Lauren Lapkus and other versions of Newcomers. Wonderful podcasts. Number three, Too Fast, Too Forever. Hosts have great chemistry and insight. Only checked out one season so far. Let's see if they can move higher up. Okay. Uh-oh. Well, I guess let us know. Number two, Junk Food Cinema. Really like these guys. Anyone who has respect for the quick and the dead is automatically going to jump up my list. Really like their junk food pairing they give each movie. Oh, Number that's a fun one, idea. The Diesel System, such a unique film review podcast. I absolutely love it. It's a Vin Diesel fan cast where they review each of his movies to rate how Vin diesel they are using a metric system based on his last name. It's silly, strange, and they make amazing guests for Too Fast, Too Forever, and Lou and Two would make fantastic guest scientists on the diesel system. Make it happen. Keep up the great work. You'll be hearing from me again and again as I work through your considerable backlog. Your newest fan, crossed out family member, Tara. Well, thank you, Tara, for writing it. And the diesel system's the guy on Twitter that uh, Is that the diesel posting? Is that that? Yeah. Ex- yep, that's them. Yeah. Entered Our Lives is a weird way of saying that, but I feel like they popped up recently, I think, since Fast 10. Yeah, we like had like a cross, we 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 cross streams at one point. Yeah, the Diesel System. What's the best Vin Diesel movie? Finally, a podcast dedicated to finding out a quarter mile at a time. Subscribe wherever books are sold. Yeah, I haven't listened, but uh, seems like a cool guy on Twitter. You don't even listen to our show, so why would you listen to that show? Exactly. Oh Jesus! There's like visual components of this. This is also from Wes. This is the last email for today. Fast Ten presents the Montez Minute. What up, fam? What up, Wes? Again, bud. I want someone to edit Ames's FNF refresher with the most recent Montez Minute audio. Yeah, you know, we'll do it. It's on VOD now, Wes. You got time. Nothing but time, bud. Okay, I have a few thoughts on the most recent episode where you talk with Montez about 10 in no particular order. 
The whole time you're talking about this amazing theory from Reaction Rocket about the agency being the big bad and Dante doing their dirty work, I felt like I was going crazy because I'm pretty sure I had emailed in the exact theory already. I went back and looked and found it in my initial reaction email, but it's okay. <laughs> Buddy, we, we say this. We give everybody the caveat that like this could be any of your ideas. I will give you full 100% credit. Sure. We just don't remember. That's when Alex was like, I told you in December. They had, No, he's like, they had a screening in December with Giselle in the movie. I was like, oh, wild that we didn't hear about that. He's like, I emailed it to you guys. I was like, what? And then he found in the email when he sent it to us. And I was just like, sorry. Like, I don't remember any of this shit. Yes. So, I'm not saying yes. shit like dismissively. I'm just like, anything we talked about ever, don't remember it. Where the, where the, I don't remember the first email that we read today. Who was the first email we read? Well, we read Jeff's, but that's not in this. Who was the first? Jerry. Got it. Okay, cool. See, you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to guess it. I know your. I know your minds go blank when you start reading my emails. Yep. Mm-hmm. Basically, my guess is that the agency is corrupt, and Mister Nobody was the only one holding it together. Now Ames has pushed him out, and he and the rest of the agency will be the real big bads. Dante's just a weapon to eliminate Mr. Nobody's allies. Why else would he suddenly show up 10 years later with all these resources? At one point, Ramsey even says this is a lot for Dante to be doing on his own. The agency, or Ames alone, may have been planning a partnership with Reyes when, when Reyes had power in Brazil, but once he lost it, they would have cut ties since his organization had nothing to offer. The whole okay. half-brother storyline would have kept that connection between Ames and Dante, but without it, there's no reason for them to work together unless Ames is just using Dante. It would be wild and stupid, but what if they killed Dante off like 15 minutes into the last movie? That would Sick. be shocking. Yeah, it would be really shocking. You know the more likely thing? What? If that's the case. If what? they're just using Dante. Okay. Dante's family. Oh. Right? Yeah. Instead of killing him, they're like, Dante's like, oh no, you betrayed me. All right, Dom, let's take him down. Yeah, I mean, that seems very, very likely. That's a really good that's a really good theory, Rocket. Good job, Rocket. <laughs> I still think Mr. Nobody, says Wes, as the big bad made more sense and would have made for a better story, but at this point I think he's definitely a good guy. Sorry, Joe. Apologize to you. It's okay. It's okay. BBC did the math on the world's longest runway. If you take the scene as it is using the speed, the plane would have had to be traveling. The liftoff would have been about 26 miles long, which is the number I think we've heard, which is also, you know, a marathon. That's a marathon distance, 26.2. Yep, that's a long ways. If you look at the scenes happening simultaneously, it still comes out to about 18 miles. I made some handy graphics to present to our FNF marathon in 2021. So here are, he's got one for JFK. He's got one for LAX, and he's got one for Austin. So I'm going to send these to you on Ooh, Facebook. Let me see. Yep, yep, yep. Basically, how far, I think it's 18 miles maybe, or maybe 26, how far this actually travels. Is this by the by the crows? Yes, it's just, it's, it's bird's eye. Okay. So here's one. Just, that's okay. LAX. Oh, shit, that's far. Yeah, that is Austin. Okay, also very, very, very far. Here is probably the most fucked up one is JFK. Oh, JFK God goes damn, all the way dude. through Brooklyn, all the way through Manhattan, and into, like, through Jersey City and Hoboken into I-95 on, like, in Secaucus-ish. Yeah, that's wild. Because you think, like, a runway has to be straight, because, like, you know, that runway is straight, right? Like, every runway has to be 
very like the plane has to go up and down straight. Like yeah, the Austin one like knowing the Austin airport area better than the other two because I, I fight a newer gonna play JFK like there oh, it, it, you can't do it but you could much more easily do it in Austin than you could in LA or boy that's insane though yeah 18.37 miles like it's that's bananas yeah yeah you would have to do a lot of fuckery to get that runway put in Wes says the divine comedy theory is interesting. He also said that like the people on the subreddit kind of suck and like they don't really upvote. They just like do dumb stuff. So like we're like, oh, this this cool theory has no upvotes. He's like, yeah, that's just kind of how it works, right? Like it just you know, lame. Sorry, I don't think it fits aside from the religious imagery and seems highly unlikely. I think what's more likely is that for some reason pop culture uses the name Dante as a shorthand for someone who's dark, brooding, or a bad guy because it's associated with the Inferno, even though Dante was just the author. And an audience surrogate who goes on a walking tour of the different levels of hell, purgatory, and heaven. I feel like the name Dante is less obviously evil version of Damien in terms of what it's supposed to confer to the audience. That being said, I would love it if Vin came out and said his finale is inspired by the Divine Comedy. I agree. But yes, I liked your um, Dante Damien name naming theory too. That works for me. To Montez's point about there being no stakes anymore, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I feel like these movies have been eliminating any real danger since the end of Five when they brought Letty back from the dead. I think it's less about, quote, someone could die and more about, quote, how are they going to make it out of this? These movies are all about the spectacle, so the only real tension comes from someone being surprised or delighted by the inventiveness of their escapes, which is also why Han's fake death feels a little bit like a letdown. We know Dom is going to die when he gets harpooned by these helicopters, but we're all holding our breaths waiting to see exactly how he gets away. That's also why the ending feels flat. It's not a cliffhanger because we know Dom and Brian escape. It's more of an unresolved action sequence than a cliffhanger. The only ex exceptions might be for self-sacrifice, but even those haven't stuck. I wouldn't have been surprised if Giselle stayed dead because she chose to die to save Han, but I also wasn't shocked to see her come back. We all know Dom wasn't dying when he pulled the building down at nine, but it was still thrilling and emotional to watch. I think Jacob might really be dead, but also wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in the next one. Dom is the only one I think might really die in the end, sacrificing himself for family. But if he doesn't, I also won't be surprised or mad about it. Also agreed. I had a thought that might be too wacky, but it could make everything make sense. I read a little while ago that the Earth in the Marvel Universe is slightly larger than our Earth to accommodate for the additional countries they have. What if the Earth in the Fastiverse is somehow affected by time? Like, what if the solar system is orbiting near a black hole, and so time is affected differently depending on where they are in their respective orbits, like an interstellar? This okay. could explain why they age so little between 89 and 04, or how Elena suddenly almost has a one-year-old in eight when she hadn't been with Dom in several years, or why the 10-second races take several minutes. Maybe this is the key to everything, or maybe I need to sleep... Oh, just step away for a little while. Also, you know, probably sleep. Sleep might help also, Wes. Maybe I need to step away for a little while. That's all for this week. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Well, thank you, Wes. I like the, I like the time bender situation going on there. I kind of like that. Very that cool. works for me. I don't think we'll ever get the answer to it, but you know the writers listens to us, so maybe they'll they'll pitch it to Dom and uh, to Vin, and he'll sneak it in there. Wes, you might get a writing credit on the next movie. Just have Rocket tell whoever. That's true. On set. Yeah, give Wes a credit, but not but not for that first theory. But not no, for it's that first. It's definitely theory. Rocket's theory. Yes. 
that's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, I don't think there's any more. Hold on. That's a Patreon one. That's a car pick. That's a Patreon. That's a car pick. That's a car pick. Patreon, Patreon, TikTok, TikTok. Got to watch this from Lean. Patreon, Patreon, poem for Fastivus, Patreon. Okay, good. Caught up. Bingo, bango. Bingo, bango. Anyway, twofasttwoforever.com, family at cageclub.me. Thank you all for supporting us and for writing in. And we'll do more on the next one. Oh, wait, do we have new reviews? Hold on. Someone wrote a review somewhere. Spotify. Oh, it might have been, might have been Elvis. It might have been Elvis. So okay. We just got an email. Do we have a new review on iTunes? Apple Podcasts, whatever. We do not. If you want to, if you have not left us a review yet, and you want to leave us a review, as long as it's a five-star review, that would be review, great. Go do that, please. Thank you. We'd appreciate it. Thank you. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Is Dwayne Johnson, first of all, the question, is Dwayne Johnson in Fast 11? Yeah, and his own movie, too. Mm-hmm. But more immediate, more pressing, is there any news you have seen, because there's a bunch of different stuff, anything you've seen, news about the Fast and Furious since we last spoke? I have tangential news. Okay. Peacock NBC canceled Young Rock after three seasons. That's a sad one. Yep. We liked Young Rock. We did. Simo was pretty upset, too, I saw. He was the one, he and his wife, didn't they watch it, like, a bunch of times? Yeah, they watched it more than once. That's right. I remember him writing and being like, yeah, we, like, went back through it again. I I was like, oh, damn. The good news is that, like, the, well... I was going to say, those episodes are not for going away. They could go away because people are getting rid of shit all the time. But, like, if you buy them, if you download them, if you whatever, you'll have them forever. You can always rewatch them. It was a cute show. I just, it's just sad. It's very sad. But writing was on the wall because they stopped, you know, we were like, oh, there's a new season of Young Rock out tomorrow. Cool. That's always a bad sign. Mm -hmm. So, Other stuff you've seen? Uh, That's all I can remember. Start talking and then maybe I'll find some other ones. Okay. So, Dwayne Johnson return as Luke Hobbs in new standalone film. Covered that. Good. So here's a two-part thing. First up, Fast 10, colon, Vin Diesel is reportedly upset at Jason Momoa's scene-stealing performance. Oh, yeah, I remember this. I called, this is just clickbait. Go ahead, though. So then, I'm not even going to read the article, because then, five days ago, as we were recording this, Vin posts on Instagram a picture of him and Momoa saying April 4th, 2025. Less than 22 months away. So that's a date for Fast 11. I love how expressive and collaborative all of the actors in our franchise feel coming to the World's Saga. Capital letters. World's Saga. Jason wanted to try something totally unique and special and ended up creating a scene-stealing character that the world won't forget. Thank you all for showing up like you always do. Seven billion means nothing if it doesn't represent the true feeling of family and loyalty. For those who didn't know the Fast 10 was just part one. Know that part two is going to be an effort from our fast family and studio like you've never seen. All love. Vin. Top comment, Jordana Brewster. Beautifully said, brother. I really liked, my favorite part of this was his uh, AI-generated thoughts in his Instagram post. Is this the same one or is this a different Instagram post? Because since we last spoke, he did the AI generated. He did like the concept art of like, yeah, of Cypher and Letty. It looks kind of like 
pitch black sort of like it, it's it's cypher and letty but like it kind of looks more like sci-fi e and then it's like cypher walking to a helicopter with like some weird kind of gun thing yeah I don't know. he also posted a picture of him on set for uh triple x4 like it's you know i don't know he's he's got a lot of got a lot of irons in the fire but yes i i think he's i think he's doing a little bit of uh bicep flexing he's he's doing a he's doing a victory lap here a ventury lap mm-hmm. well i also came up with the term vin firmed which is when yes. vin goes out and just says something vin firmed he also posted a, a drawing of pacino and de niro from heat at the diner scene just said let me pull a john cena who i love and i'm eternally or and i'm grateful to call my brother dot 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 top comment on that jordana brewster heart emoji heart emoji jordana's trying to keep that she's she's trying to not get any less minutes in this next movie is what she's trying to do ludicrous commented on the momoa post bomb emoji fire emoji running fast emoji you send me another thing in line with the young rock cancellation report colon the XFL lost upwards of $60 million this season and cut hey, some jobs as a result, per Forbes. Today, I think it was literally today, The Rock was posting about their, like, post-season recap, preseason meeting. Because okay. they're doing their draft soon. And he's like, hey, we learned some lessons here. And we're, we're coming back. And, and he used the word culture, which, again, feels... I feel like culture has just become a buzzword. I mean, not that it wasn't, but it's become even more uh, diluted. But he was changing the culture of the XFL that he built last year. All I will say is that there's only one draft that people care about in the next 10 months, the next NFL draft, and it has Wemba going to the Spurs. Nobody yeah. cares about the XFL draft. Or did the you baseball watch, draft. Did you watch? I, you are... A helpless, hopeless sports junkie. Did you watch any of the XFL this year? Um, no, I've actually watched more of the the USFL because there's a Pittsburgh team. But I like that you who like when either what like TVs are always on is either sports or it's like some kind of trash TV or whatever. And even yep. you with your three TVs didn't watch any of the XFL. I don't think not one minute of it. But I like I said, hey man, like I said, for me personally. I was excited the Steelers picked up a guy from the St. Louis Battlehawks, like arguably the best wide receiver out of the XFL this year. He's on our team now. Cool. I like that. We've talked about this. I think we've even talked about this before with you on here. But like in until they partner with the NFL and have like as a like the minor, G League, yeah. As like the G League that you have like even if they split it or like say one team is like the AFC North and I'm like, oh, like four of these five, ten of these guys on this squad are Steelers, essentially like a practice squad, right. then I I won't care. And I will watch some of the USFL if nothing else is on on a Saturday morning because there's a Pittsburgh team. But other than that, no, I didn't watch any. Damn. Okay. Fair enough, though. But it, they're getting people into the league, so that's good. I, I do like this idea of it. But, like, come on, NFL – we talk, uh, Yeah, we talked about this, and we also talked about this like in text. We were like, if the NFL thought they could make money off the XFL, there would already be an XFL owned by the NFL. Yes. Yeah. Fast 10 races past new milestones at Global Box Office as it runs out of gas at home. So this was published three days ago. This was on June 11th. As it enters its fourth week of release, it has grossed more than $650 million at the worldwide box office. So right now, as a box office bad. mojo... 
budget somewhere between 340 and 400 million dollars made only 138 domestic but 654 so far worldwide including 515 million international again it's not even in theaters anymore i mean it's it's at home but like it's not like my theater doesn't even have i'm, I'm sure you can still see it in theaters but it's not at my local theater which still seems crazy to me uh the movie's seems made nuts. yeah 132 million dollars in china which is just under the 138 domestic hall Mexico, 35 million. Brazil, 24. Japan, 22. France, 18. It's 514 million overseas. Hall puts it ahead of Fast Five, but still behind Six and Hobbs and Shaw. Behind Hobbs and Shaw is bad. Yeah. It's hard to say that a movie that makes, as of right now, even if you think that it costs four, like I think the budget was 340. I've heard 400. So say just call it 400. It's hard to think that a movie that has made $250 million is a failure, but like. We'll see how we'll see how um, VOD did. Rocket was actually Rocket, not Wes. Rocket was tweeting, I think, last night about like what to expect in terms of like like based on other premium video on demand, like what they call these, like the PVOD, like the twenty or twenty-five dollar rental purchase, whatever. And yes, yes. It seems like it could make another fifty or so in the U.S. There, so like that wouldn't be bad, right? But you know. It seems like, oh, it also seemed to me just anecdotally that Twitter seems to have found it recently. And everybody who was not sold on seeing it is very curious about Momoa's character. Okay. Yeah, After seeing the, like, Momoa, like, the tape scene and things like that, people are like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And I think that that might inspire a little bit of VOD. But... I do just, think that the people who are eternally online who do not go see movies either because they just, like, don't give a shit or don't have money to go see movies or whatever, when a thing is on demand and also, you know, like, for the other less reputable sites, like, you can pirate or whatever, like, it just, that's when it, like, you start seeing it online more because, like, people have screenshots and people have clips and whatever, right? Instead Exactly. Of, so. Yep. April 4th, 2025, Fast 10 Part 2. We still don't have a date for Hobbs. Uh, Paul Shear did reply to us on Twitter and was just like, that movie's supposed to come out next summer. And I'm like, I think so. Hobbs and Shaw came out in late July, I think. Either late June or late July. Basically, all the other like core installments have come out like in April or May, like mostly April recently. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't think it's crazy if it actually is written and if they start shooting it soon. I don't think it's crazy to spend five or six months shooting it and then five or six months editing it and have it come out like mid late next summer i mean i mean, I don't know if they have a weekend claim they might you know universal could bounce something that they already have clean staked or whatever you know what i mean but like i don't think it's crazy to think if it is written if it's not written but they've said it's written but if it's not written then no but like we could have hobbs late next summer and then 11 theoretically the finale april fast 25. x2 fast, fast x, x part two, two. yeah there's also a thing, so also mentioning Paul Shear, I listened to the How, this Game Made, How Did This Get Made episodes about the first movie and 10 that they put out in the last month or two. And apparently, I don't think I'd heard this, but it makes sense in terms of the like nonsense of this all. Apparently, The Rock and Statham don't get along. Like, after Hobbs and Shaw, like, apparently shooting that movie, like, they hate each other now, too. So, like, if that's true... Oh, uh, that's weird. The Rock and I, Statham I hate each other... The Rock and Vin hated each other, but they put it behind them. There's the rumors about Vin, Vin hates Momoa. Momoa, right? Like it's all these different, like all these like big muscly men who hate other big muscly men or something. But you know, I don't know. Why can't we all just get along? I don't know. It is weird to think Hobbs without Shaw. Is that why? Are they doing another Shaw's movie? I don't know. 
That's all the news, though, I think I found. But, you know, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last spoke? I've been just catching up on media, like a lot of different things. Content. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Influence. Culture. Um, no, I've been watching, like, a lot of things that, like, I seemingly missed. Uh, I watched 24-Hour Le Mans. That was really fun. Cool. And Ferrari won, little Ford versus Ferrari, even though there's no Fords. But that was pretty cool, so I like that. What else? Oh, yeah. We watched this new show, which is pretty interesting. It's called Stars on Mars. Have you heard about this? I know all about it because Who Weekly talked about it, and yep. my friend Lily also talked about it. So I know, yes. A bunch of celebrities are doing like a fake Big Brother kind of fake, uh, what is it? Uh, not Road Rules, the other one. Real World? Um, real World. Yeah, like kind of that with a little bit of challenges, and also Ronda Rousey's on it. Mm -hmm. And the more that I watch her, I realize that she's probably not only a bad actress, but somebody that the more I hear her talk, the less I like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, and not even just like, just, just like, just how she exists, like in its own way. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, you're a really good fighter. That's awesome. But, like, the more she, like, becomes a celebrity, the less I'm interested in Ronda Rousey. Okay. Well, the good news is that these parties bore her to death, and she's only in, like, three minutes of those movies. Yes. I know. But I'm just like, who? Glad we got that out of our system. Keep it pushing. We're good. Either way, uh, Marshawn Lynch is in it, and he's fucking hysterical. I love Marshawn Lynch. Rachel's a big fan of Mar Marshawn Lynch, so uh, he's probably the best part of the show. But we've been watching that. What else? Caught up on some movies. What did we watch? Uh, missing. Oh, I like haven't seen that computers. yet. Stop scrolling. My mother is missing. Yes. Uh, was that good? If if you liked searching, it's actually like almost it's it's a like they even kind of start by like the end of searching. Okay. So same same kind of thing. Yeah. Like if you dig that, yes, it was fun. I had a fun time watching it. Watch that. Watch Knock at the Cabin. Did you like that? Yeah, it was good. Dave Batista trying to play soft was really funny to us, like watching that. And then other than that, just watching oh, all the sports ended besides the Le Mans, like basketball finish, hockey finish. I'm I'm into a nice movie mode right now. Like cool. I know that like this is it. And all the islands start soon too. We're gonna get Love Island, Temptation Island, and TLC Trash TV. So I'm getting excited for that. But that's the summer mainly of horny TV returns. Horny and horror is what I was at right now, like the past week and a half, I guess, two weeks, three weeks. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. What about you, bud? I had my annual barbecue on Memorial Day weekend, which was a blast. Oh, yes. You did not fun. come down because you hate me. I had enough of you, those, like, we were, I saw Joey, like, what, like, once, maybe twice that week or something. It was a lot. Just it once. Was too much. That, that was too much. Just the movie. The, it was like, yeah, it's still too much. <laughs> That's not why you didn't come down, but. No, no, no. Good. How was it? Who was there? How did it everybody, go? Everybody was there. Okay, fun. Nice. Although I, I did invite a uh, past guest to the show, Austin Wolf Southern, who lives in Brooklyn. I've never actually met him in person. And like, he messaged me back like three weeks later. He's like, I didn't make it. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> what if he would have just been like outside on the porch, just waiting there? I, I'd hang out. He's like, have you ever come to New York to see a movie? No. Let me know. I'm like, 
Okay. I'm saying, like, what if he would have, like, came there? I know, like, just, like, sit, oh, sat out on the porch and then didn't tell anyone and was like, oh, that was a great party. And you were like, where the fuck were you? He was like, I was right outside. That'd be weird, but, you know, it'd be fine. That's what I like to imagine would have happened. Uh, past guest of the show, full lap participant, Heather Antos was there with her boyfriend, Tyler. And then they had a housewarming two weeks later because they bought a house. And so I went there and I got her one of a thousand Dominic Toretto card. Oh, fuck yeah. Let me see. 202. It's a good number. I like the twos. So that was fun. And I met someone at that party who has a podcast about toys and collectibles who might be on it. We might do a crossover at some point. He was very cool. Oh, that's really, really cool. In between those events, I went to see Carly Ray Jepsen at the Stone Pony and Asbury Park. She was great. And actually, she's doing another show or two shows in New York and two shows in L.A. in August. I think she's going to announce a new album or something. I don't know why she'd be doing that kind oh, of weird cool, funky good. thing. But like, that's just a guess. So I'm going to go see her again then. But she was great. Met up with some friends, including Dr. Chris Podcasts. And friends I know through him and some other friends. So that was really good. Um, Bob and I did a lottery pod and interviewed our au- an author. This is the only time this whole module that we actually talked to this guy, guy Stephen Hall. You were on a run there for a while. You were talking to like was, every we talking author to like of every book. Smaller authors and extremely online people who were like very able to get a hold of. And this has not been. A lot of people, a lot of authors, this module have been dead. Um, and then some like really, really big names who just like, we're never going to get them or whatever. But yeah, we talked to this guy, Stephen Hall. He was great. It was a really fun episode that we talked about his book, but also a lot of other different kind of stuff. So that'll be out in about a month, I think, like mid-July. Very so cool. check that out. That's pretty good. Okay. Got my new refrigerator. The The saga is over. I still don't have one of the Congratulations. Things, I went outside because like I have the old refrigerator now outside in the fridge for like beers and stuff and like leftover overflow. And I like opened it. I'm just like, where'd you put it in the garage? Yeah. I was like, okay. oh, I hate this. Like, I, I didn't realize how much I hated this fridge until I got, like, a nice new fridge. Um, yeah. And I'm like, ooh, I hate this old one. I hate it. But now it's out there. I mean, I love it for what it is now, but I was just like, ooh. So I'm going to pause my own extracurriculars because there was a, a Vin Diesel Instagram post from an hour ago. Just him brooding, looking off camera. Caption, part two, the next Riddick, dot, dot, dot. Part two, the next Riddick. That's very confusing, Vin. Come on, can we at well, least? Well, no. Keep this them... is it gets worse. It gets weirder, not worse. New cinematic titles like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Kojak. Dot dot dot. There's a lot of casting to consider. Ha ha. Who would you like to see me work with? You always inspire. Okay. And one of the top comments is just a, a gif of Paul Walker. So I don't know if people go to CageClub.me because I don't think that there's any real reason to because like everything just goes where you are. But over the last, like, month or so, me and Bob and our friend Matt, who's also in our Fantasy Baseball League, have been doing these movie drafts where we pick, like, three or four or five years and we draft movies, like, fantasy baseball style or fantasy sports style. Did you get that from Mark or did Mark borrow that from you? Mark was just doing, he's like, pick five movies, go back and forth. I think it was sort of maybe inspired by it, but, I mean, like, we've been doing fantasy baseball for 15 years now or whatever. Like, our league's in our 16th year or something, so, like... His specific year, movie years, I think, that I've done with him recently, I think, was inspired by this, because I would send him that, but, like, it's it's, okay. it's a co-inspiration. Okay. But we've been cool. doing these, like, three-person drafts where we randomize the order and usually draft 24 movies per era, sometimes 18, I think maybe once 12, because, like, as we go back further in time, it's, like, harder to do, because we haven't seen as many movies. But as such, like, we've we've done, like, 16 drafts, which seems crazy. And we drafted like a thousand movies. That's a that's a ton, dude. 
But also, it's really fun. And like, if you have ever done any fantasy sport, you know that people can do seven thousand. Mo- hey, man! Before the NFL draft, I was out here cranking through fifty fake Steelers drafts a day. So, so we did this. We this all just like via a text thread. And when we did the first one, which was the best moves of the decade so far, and this was. Wow, this is back in January. Oh, we did it in January, and then the next one we didn't do until April. Okay, so it's been the last two months. I had the first pick, and I, instead of just picking a movie, I just put a, a screenshot of the movie Dune, of your boy Timothy Chalamet with a knife to his head, and I just put that in the thread, and Matt was like, this is so cool. We're, we're only doing images. So, like, we just, like, do images, and, like, I've been cropping them and putting them on the site. So, like, there's, like, all these different oh, that's movies, fun. and, like, they've yeah. been all linked to Letterboxd. So, anyway, the reason I bring this all up, other than it's the thing that I've been doing is because it has really inspired me as my boss has been overseas and speaking engagements and stuff, and I have a little bit more time to really just, like, watch a ton of movies. Because, like, there's something about, like, talking about, like, not only good movies, but, like, movies that people you care about, like, who you have similar tastes to, like, really like and yeah. things you might not have known. And exactly. so I have been just been cranking through so many movies recently and stuff in theaters, too. And then also a bunch of, like, shitty movies for How This Game Made, but also some, like, really good movies for How This Game Made. So, like, very, very quickly, was in theaters, now on demand, Master Gardener, which is the new Paul Schrader movie, sort of weirdly violent, and but that's really, really good. New Spider-Verse movie, obviously incredible. Spider-Verse was great. We saw Spider-Verse, too. Big fans, yep. Go Another half a movie. We've talked about that briefly on here already. Ghosted on Apple TV, which is the Chris Evans on a Darmus movie. Wildly bad. Not even fun bad, just bad Ah, oh, that's terrible. But then going into, like, tub talk, draft, movie era, Take Shelter from about a decade ago, great, La Jete from the 60s, great, Sorcerer from 70s. Like, Sorcerer's this kind of movie where just, like, four kind of bad dudes have to tra- transport nitroglycerin across the jungle, and it's, like, movie fucking rules. Like, it's so goddamn good. They don't make, they literally don't make movies like that anymore, and, like, it's just, it it's sounds so fun. good. Um, Reality, which is a new movie on HBO starring Sidney Sweeney, is great. Hard Target, which Jean-Claude Van Damme rules. Um, Persona from the 60s is great. Enough Said from about a decade ago with James Gandolfini and Julie Louis-Dreyfus is great. Branded to Kill from the 60s is great. Ghost in the Machine from the 90s is great. Like, all these movies have just been like, I know that I've had this revelation on here before, and I don't seem to learn my lesson, but like, only choosing to watch movies you think you're really going to like is such an easy thing to do, and like, yeah. it works. And also rewatching movies or turning movies off that suck if you realize you don't like it. Speaking of movies that suck, we talked about Wild Wild West on Night on the podcast, which just it doesn't suck. It's just like underwhelming. So like we did. Like I don't of- remember. I don't remember the movie, but I do bigly remember the the Burger King toy release. Oh, we did I not talk about that. That's interesting. Okay. I re- it was huge for me. And I remember Burger King pushed this movie really, really hard. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. We talked about uh, Will Smith a lot in the episode. It was with Mike and Dan of Monster Pod, Resident Story, Mike Manzi, and past guest of the show, Dan Cologne. It's not good enough to be good. It's not bad enough to be bad. It's just kind of like nothing and like... The middle movies are the worst. Yeah. I agree. It's one of those things like there's a lot of like crazy backstory there like that. Did you know that Will Smith turned down the Matrix to do Wild Wild West? I remember that Will Smith was in rumors to do The Matrix, but I didn't know that that's specifically why. I think he was offered the movie. He said, no, I'm going to go do this one instead. Good choice, Will. Tom Cruise was attached to Wild Wild West at one point. He's like, I'm going to do Mission Impossible instead. And that worked out. Good choice, Tom Cruise. Pretty well. But yeah, that's, I think that's it. I've been you know reading some books for a lottery pod that we've 
been covering. That's all out every other Thursday. Is there anything else of note? I watched Beef on Netflix, which I thought was good, but not necessarily living up to the because like people are like, that's the best show of all time or whatever. Like it was like a, I've heard great, great things, and I got scared away. I got the the Joey scarediness of it in the sense that like when it was everybody was telling me this was like the best show that's ever made, I was like, ah, I, I don't think know about it's that. It's really, really well acted, and I think it's there's a there's a handful of things that are like shocking and like really interesting writing, but I think that is a little the hype is a little overblown, and I think it, it like. It kind of becomes like an action-y movie sort of by the end, and like it's kind of weird in that regard. But um, yeah, I think it's worth watching if you have Netflix. Is there other TV that I watched? Or no, I watched Jury Duty, which we not talked about, but Jury Duty, Nico and Kevo had mentioned it. I'd also heard about We watched it. We liked Jury Duty. Jury, it's, Jury it's, Duty was good. Yeah, it's really fun and silly. If you're bored, it's on Amazon Prime or Freebie, right? It's on Freebie, one of yeah. These. It's it's. Amazon, it's IMDb, or it used to be IMDb TV, it's Amazon with ads, but yeah, it's free to watch, so it's good. It's yeah, fun. it's it's something fun and dumb to watch, I agree. Haven't been playing video games, I want to play video games, I've just been watching other stuff instead, so, yeah. Yeah, I've been in a movie mood, and so, sometimes I'm not necessarily in a movie mood, because we watch a lot of movies, and we, like, cover a diff- bunch of different movies, so, like, that kind of fills up my movie mood, but, like, in the past week and a half, yeah, I've been like, oh, I want to catch up on a bunch of horror movies that I haven't seen. Well, I feel so. like what's weird about, like, what we've been covering on here recently is that we've been doing more episodes than we have since, like, the two a week for the pandemic. But, like, we haven't really been watching that many movies. Like, we've been talking about Fast 10 a Agreed. lot. And yep. we did The Minute 100%. a couple times. Yep. And, like, what other bonus stuff? And, like, you know, instead of having – and, like, we did – I've done, like, only one ninety nine the podcast in the last, like, three or four weeks. Like, it's just, like, a lot of the movies that I've chosen – like because in a normal week, like, two or three movies, like, if I watch, like, one a day – Two or three will be for podcasts. And like, so like, I, they're usually exactly. things that I want to see. That's like, I don't have the choice in here. I'm just like, what you got? What do you want to do? What are we going to do? And so, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting what happens when you watch things you actually want to watch. Sometimes, yeah. Wild to think about. But Joe, the final thing to do before we say goodbye for this episode, come back next time, is to talk about the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 88. I put in a, t- a couple... Temporary titles, which I'm not going to say yet, because there's some real A-plus gold dialogue in the scene for the first time in a while, but minute 88 of Too Fast, Too Furious. Whoa, fellas, fellas. <laughs> I know my tags are out of date, but damn. What the hell? Where are they? So it, don't even start. Don't even start. We need to address the elephant that thing? at Versailles Cafe. Oh. Explain the Versailles Cafe thing. So I, I'm sitting there. Yesterday, as we record this. Yesterday. On the 13th. Get, getting dinner, sitting at the bar like usual. And I look up at the TV. And uh, yes, as, as you guys may know, yesterday, uh, <laughs> former president. 
Donald Trump went to the courthouse in Miami and got, you know, was dealing with all of his documents in his bathroom. I'm looking up because that's just on TV and I see this thing that says crowd awaits Donald Trump's presence at Versailles. Mm -hmm. And the first place my brain went was the Versailles Cafe from Too Fast. Mm -hmm. Because your brain is broken. Because my brain is broken. Guess what? Turns out it was the Versailles Cafe from Too Fast. Because when we covered it for the minute, we learned that it's this very famous restaurant that's still there. Cuban restaurant. Mm -hmm. That's fucking hysterical to me. So yesterday, big news on all the news channels was about the same restaurant that Carter Verone sends them to in Too Fast, Too Furious. And I still find that fucking hysterical. And I will never not forget this moment now because a crowd awaited him at Versailles Cafe. There's so much of these movies that we've seen like 13 times now and that we have not broken down. Like, if we had not done the minute, like, you would never remember that line, like, meet at Versailles Cafe. Absolutely not. And if I wouldn't have crawled it on Google Maps, found out everything about, found out the history, that it's still there, blah, 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 all these things. So it, it really makes me wonder how much of these next, you know, eight and a half movies that we have to cover that we have not done, or nine, nine and a half movies that we have not yet covered, um, it's just out there. Like, it's just that, that we're crossing paths in every day. And Oh, yeah. But this one was, like, top tier for me. Like, when I, when, as soon as I saw it, I, like, found the, the article, sent it immediately to you. You made a great tweet about it. Yeah, just screenshot a card of room sh- saying 6 a.m. You know, outside Versailles Cafe. It's just like, yeah, he's literally where it was. Yeah, because as we talked about, Carter Verone would have voted for Trump. Yes, he definitely would have. So I thought you were talking about when you said let's address the elephant in the room. I thought you were going to say that behind Bilkins, while he's doing, we still haven't even talked about what's in this minute. But behind Bilkins, no, 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 guy, guy, the Lance Barnaby text is populating in real time, which was previously shown fully. Uh huh fully uh what, well, it's the undressed. kind of thing where like once you start to notice things in movies like continuity things like why is that clock say 337 it just said 339 or like why is his water half drank it was full in the previous shot like it's just like those are the things that like drive like line editors like crazy because like i can't keep all this straight because like guy drinks different amounts or whatever um yes so that's it, why in in reality tv shows they give them all the glasses now that are like metal mm-hmm like all the all the dating ones, like they're always holding a wine glass that you can't see into, so that they can edit it however they want. So they probably just shot this in different orders or whatever. But like that thing, that revelation we had—it's Lance Barnaby from school, like a couple minutes ago. Um, it seems like it's coming through in real time now behind Bilkins, like it's line by line oh, yeah. populating. And I'm like, this is yeah. unbelievably weird and good. But because like again. We'd be looking for that, but, like, if we hadn't had that, I'd be like, I'm not paying as much attention because, like, it's not the full crazy. It's like, hello, hello, this is Lance Barnaby. Who? Like, it's just, like, that whole thing. You know what I mean? Just, like, but, yep. like, it's on screen, like, quickly enough where Bilkins is like, what the hell? Where are they? And I'm not paying attention to him. I'm paying attention to the Lance Barnaby text that's on the screen behind him because... A hundred percent. That's same. the best part of Too Fast. Anyway, in this minute, Suki and Tej get out of Brian and Roman's cars, quote-unquote, surrendering to police... Bilkins at HQ is confused as to where Brian and Roman went. Brian and Enrique, Roman and Roberto all drive down the highway with money in their trunks after successful switcheroo. They have successfully escaped. Spears are high as Roman teases Roberto and Brian thanks Tej for his help 
as the minute ends. And very, very, very briefly, like maybe a couple frames at the very end, we see Tej and Suki sort of busted sitting on the side of the cop car there. We hear Tej say, yeah, Brian, he's going to say, you know, you owe us, you owe us big time, right? But like, that'll be the next minute. The only thing I want to say before we get into your stuff is that there is a very cool song title off the score by David Arnold, who's done the score of the entire movie, called Tej and Suki Praised. Praise You by Fatboy Slim. Praising You by Rita Ora featuring Fatboy Slim. Um, But no, Tej and Suki Praised is just such a weird, specific, like, well, what's happening while this song is playing? Well, Tej and Suki get praised. Okay, cool. We're going to call it Tej and Suki Praised. Like, it's just like... Fire-ass movie titles in real life. Fire-ass song titles. Yeah. But, Joe, there's a lot here. I got some details about Suki and Tej's clothing. We were talking to Kara Gail Regan about uh, how Suki looks great and Tej looks goofy. But that's just fashion of the early 2000s. But what did you notice? Because, actually, I had to help you with one thing. Because you were, you were struggling you to find You absolutely did. You did. Um, one cool thing is I can, can now confirm the license plate on the Dodge Challenger. Cool. I had a question mark there earlier. We get a nice shot of it this time. I removed all the question marks from the document. Stamped, signed, sealed, delivered. That's it. The thing was, is they're driving down the street and they're passing a bunch of things. They got all the signs there. And I'm trying to find the location of the street that they turned down that kind of tees off into the highway. Um, but it was difficult to find because I was looking up Tropic Shoe. Tropic Shoe no longer in existence and apparently was somewhere else. And I'm like, interesting. Cool. This is definitely not the street. I go around the back. I'm like, okay, maybe they're in like the back parking lot of it, whatever, whatever. No, not that street. I find IN shoes also in a new location, also permanently closed. Definitely not on that street. But one of the things we I had found the sign was just Peter Kent men's clothing. And you smartly just searched Peter Kent's men's clothing. Just Googled, I, just, I think I just Googled Peter Kent. And you found the original address of it. And then from there, I we found, I found, we found the Google uh, Maps street that they're on. You could take a peek there. I think it's pretty cool. I always like finding like the streets that they're on. So this is pretty much the view that they're driving. And that's I-95 in front of you. Exactly. Yep. yep. There was something else. Oh, the um, there's like these trucks that are like red trucks that you had the same vibe as I did that looked like they were like a bakery or some kind of like food goods type Cause there, delivery there were like thing. Dozens of these trucks. Like fifty. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch. And um but I can't read it. just like the way the camera's moving, I can't read anything that says what it is. Yeah, I even put and it in the four K and I couldn't it, like it's not it's not the resolution thing, it's just like it's moving too quickly and like they're just never in focus. Yeah, so if anybody lives in Miami and recognizes an old logo of a truck that's like red and kind of like Harley Davidson kind of shape, because with the what number this in mean? that lot, you would you would rem- you would have seen them, like you would have remembered. Them. For you me, I mean? this would be like something from Pittsburgh, like like we have like Giant Eagle, right? Sure, that's like a that's like a local grocery store. Like if I would have seen the logo, even if it's like blurred, I could recognize it because I'd be like, oh, I have the history of seeing these. So somebody out there knows what this is. Sadly, we just aren't Miami-Dade County residents or natives, and I can't figure it out without some help. So if you can help, please write in family at cageclub.me. Man, it's so... I'm playing it now at, like, quarter X speed. No, it's it, the frames are moving way too fast, and they're all blurry. There's Because like, obviously they're not trying to focus on the trucks in the background of the cars either. 
It's a cool shot because, like, pardon me, like, when I found Peter Kent, I was like, is this because, like, you see it and then, like, the camera goes up. I'm like, do they cut down? on it? But no, it, like, it goes up as they drive by and the camera follows them, right? Like, it's exactly, exactly where it's supposed to be. But I think based on where these trucks are, it's now an empty, abandoned lot. Like, it just looks like a grassy lot or something. Well, this movie's really old, so that's the problem that we, like, always run into. It's like, I can maybe find the store and where it's dead, but even then it's, like, pre-Google Maps, so, like, it's the second iteration, or the third, I don't know, iteration of the store that has also now died that's down the street. Because there are, like, a lot of the little trucks, I think, for, like, local delivery. There's a bunch of, like, the tractor trailers for, like, longer delivery. There's, like, the the factory, the warehouse behind it that has the logo and has, like, a quote, like, like a customer, like, either, like, their slogan or, like, a customer thing. You know what I mean? Like It, it really makes me think that it's, like, Tasty Cakes or something. Yeah. It, that's what it feels like to me. Like, a uh, Hostess, Tasty Cakes, something that's, like, a local kind of bakery but, that, like, delivers goods. Oh, yeah, but no. Unfortunately, no. Um, but anything else of note that you found in this? You even wrote down the numbers on the hundred dollar bill. Okay. I mean, if you want them, they're there. But no, that that was my interesting thing. I'm glad I found the street. Thank you for your help. I appreciate you greatly. I don't have to call this phone number on the license plate, right? Oh no, and, and we had it before, anyways. It, it literally is the it's year one. It's like a parts. It's like summit. Right. It'd be like you know your things in two fast. Like yeah, probably. So. I have two different uh, – there's at least two different great lines I in here. I fucking love – okay, we're going to do lines first because I was going to say I fucking love your question. I just saw it and I love Question it. once again, bullshit. But the, the, the name of the minute, either there's the Roman line or a Brian line. The Roman line is, yeah, that's some driving for your ass, baby. Ain't that some driving for your ass? So some driving for your ass. Or the Brian line, he says to Tej, hey, Tej, thanks a lot. You're the clutch. I owe you one big time. Not your clutch. You're the clutch, I guess, like a car pun or whatever. Um, there's also the Brian line, how about them apples, man? Like trying to do like the goodwill hunting thing. I really like some driving for your ass. That's a good name of a, like specifically for the title of this minute, I just like some driving for your ass so no, here's the question and i don't want what? to i don't i think i'm overthinking it, but i just want to i want to talk it out here the the images i'm going to use for the art for this episode is a picture of tej and a picture of suki and do we want to have out in the world a picture of suki that says some driving for your ass why not because i feel like you could misconstrue that as like objectifying her in a way if i'm overthinking it we'll just go with that but I think you're overthinking it because it's some driving. It's some driving for your ass. Like I mean, unless you get like just a full booty shot. No, of I'll show you the picture of Suki. No, it's not. That's what I mean. Then like I don't think it's bad. There's no. There's no booty shot of Suki in this. Let's see if I is, do. I have it on in Dropbox or did I hold on? Not even an ass in, in shot. Yeah, not at all. That's totally fine. I want to use another Bilkins one because I love using the Bilkins one, especially with like the Lance Barnaby stuff behind it. But like we've done that same shot of Bilkins like two or three times already, and like these like. You know, they're not. I don't know that they're going to be back. I mean, in the next minute they'll be there, but like, there's not too much. No, no, these are excellent shots. I agree. And some driving for your ass is is a totally fine title that doesn't sexualize Suki, even though we should sexualize Suki because she's really hot. It's also sure. the dumbest way. Like, it sounds like a Brian line. Ain't that some driving for your ass, right? Like, but it's it's Roman. Like Roman's talking like Brian now. Yes. Like to me, that's a line like makes sense, but also doesn't really make sense. Like if you think about it a little bit longer, like what, what, no, what? Yeah. 
So the question I have for the minute, do you have a different question or you want to go with this question? No, this question is fucking fantastic. I love it. We've been we've been coasting. We've been, I think that this quiz has been a little too easy. Well, here's a question from the last minute. Joe, what road and direction do Bilkins, U.S. Customs, and the police track Brian and Roman's cars in the scramble? Is it east on beach, west on beach, east on ocean, or west on ocean? West on ocean. No, ocean's not. Ocean runs north-south. Uh, it is west on beach. Oh, fuck. I had west, though. Well, yeah. You had 50-50 twice, so you got one of the two things right. So, yes. I could have gotten them all wrong. Trivia question for minute 88, some driving for your ass. What? Oh, but that was the thing, Joey, because remember, there is no there is no Ocean Street. Yeah. There's only Beach Street. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Go what number is on Suki's jersey as she gets out of Roman's 2003 Spider? Answer. This one's. Of course. Obviously. 21. Yeah. Roberto Clemente. Paul O'Neill. Ah, that's a good, yeah, there's a good memory. I think we gotta go with fake answers of 23. Duh. Okay. It's right there. Um, Gotta go with 12. I was thinking we could just do like 21, 23, 25, 27. We could do 12. Like, I feel like if we do 12, we, oh, here, here's what we could do. What? 12, 21, 23, 32. So it's like. There's like the dyslexic like inverse of one two two one two three three two. Oh, I love it. And there's it. the two I that are close it. together. It's like, is it one of the ones in the middle, or is it the other thing? Or and twenty three is very like it would it it should be twenty three. Is she wearing right? a Jumpman thing? No, she's not. She's just it's, it's not twenty one. Yeah, yeah, man. I I apologize to everybody who takes this quiz. I apologize to Wes's friends who take this quiz at a, at a future thing. And they're like, this isn't even fair. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the point, right? Like, yeah, we it's, know it's... it sucks. That's the we point. do bad on it too. We do really, really bad. Like we've taken it live, and it's not easy. This that's is the point. This is another benefit of the Patreon, too fast too forever com. You get that's very true access to the quiz. The first, even the first quiz, which we finished years ago, not publicly available. Yep, very, very, very true. So if you want some driving for your ass, it's in the top. It's in the pins message on Patreon. But there's a nine questions no 95 questions oh should we take the quiz up until this point on the fast of this episode we're we're so close to the end i think we just do it at the end i mean the end is going to be in a year we can do the next fast of us i think doing wes's poem on fast of us is a very nice way to celebrate this fast of us okay 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 we have 88 minutes i think we have 95 questions that's nuts I just want to take it. I need to take this quiz because, like, I'm starting to get nervous. Oh, no. We're going to be fucked. Like, royally fucked. I was trying to get a practice run in so that we had, like, Oh, I know. I don't want a practice run. I want to be, like, I want to get, like, a 40. It's going to be, it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. It's going to be very, very bad. So this doesn't really make any sense as the time comes out. But today is Tuesday, June 20th, as this is on the main feed. This Thursday is the Fast of a Special. This Friday is the Caragalo Regan Fast 10 bonus episode. Next okay. Tuesday is Too Fast, Too Furious with Andy Tudor. If you're a patron, it's similarly spaced, but the Fast of a Special will come out on the day anyway. We got bonus Patreon episodes coming in the next couple of weeks of Armageddon with and sponsored by Brian Rodriguez. 
and Quadrophenia, which is the Who's movie sponsored by Jason Rainey. So check those out. And then I love the Who so much. I think did Jason pick that because I love the Who so much? I don't. Do you remember? Um, where did he send this? Hold on. I fucking love the Who, dude. I really, really do. Quadrophenia. Excellent band live. Seen them live a couple times now. Always kill it. Rachel seen them with me the last time that I saw them, and she was a big fan of the Who. My Who story was when we were sitting there watching it, there was like a young teenage kid sitting next to me and he looks over at Rachel and I because he's with his like dad and his dad's friend and he's like, do you guys actually like this music? Because he realizes that we're like mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. together and we're like, yeah. And then he realized it was cool to, it was okay to think this music was cool. We probably changed a child's life that day. <laughs> I'm looking, where did Jason... This is the other thing. When people are like, you don't remember anything we sent in. Like, I don't remember where people send shit in. Oh, yeah. And, like, Wes will just, like, fucking message us middle of a conversation about shit, too. And then be like, oh, you, you didn't remember this. Be like, no, I don't remember. Okay. Jason sent. I think my next pick will be Quadrophenia. I have backup picks if it's already on your list. I said, nice. I've never seen any of the Who films. He says, haha. Oh, no. We've been sucked into a dimension of with disaffecting working class British youths. I said, can you imagine youths. anything worse? So, no, I don't think it's because of that. I think there's just, like, vehicles in there. I don't know, but... Sick. Okay, I'm excited. But Armageddon and Quadrophenia coming out, and then the next bonus, or main feed, Pit Stop. I don't even know what these things are called anymore. I'm losing my goddamn mind on on the show. Okay. In two weeks, and, like, six episodes from now, uh, on the 4th of July, don't go in the water, because we got Mark Hoffmeyer here to talk about Jaws. Perfect. And Mark's back. That's cool, too. I'm glad that we snuck in extra time to talk to Mark for me. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, Fast of a Special, Fast 10 bonus episode, Too Fast with Andy Tudor, Armageddon and Quadrophenia on the Patreon, and then Jaws. That's all coming up in the next two or th- three weeks. Three weeks. And then we're back with the next minute, minute 89, Us. You owe us, says Tej. Oh. Joe, any final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, go see Spider-Verse on a really, really, really big screen because it's fucking beautiful easy that's easy easy what's out this weekend this weekend is last week oh this weekend is the flash this weekend's the flash and also i'm getting ready for asteroid city next weekend oh mike was supposed to message me i think we're good because tom hanks is in that so we're gonna do a hanks for the memories oh cool nice so have fun hopefully soon you know he's he's finding out if he's gonna work that day or not but yeah so that'll be a it's it's coming out in new york this friday and then our our time as we're recording it's coming out in new york this friday and then everywhere next friday so yeah very very cool so that's it thank you all for listening thank you to those of you who support us for supporting us and for all appreciated and everybody that wrote in everybody that was new that wrote in fucking awesome thank you please do that that was really really cool i love hearing from new people keep doing it and wes as much as we tease you keep writing in or don't as much as i tease you joe just kind of like silently laughs I laugh very hard. Anyway, for all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash shop. Vote, vote, vote for either two or six more days at cageclub.me slash vote. One more day, one more day. 
just vote. So go there if you haven't voted yet. Go vote. And come back next time on this very feed on Friday. For, oh, no, on Thursday, I guess, for Fast and the Special. And then for Fast... I can't even remember. Just come back. Just stay tuned. Whatever you know. Anyway, I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we will tell you all about it when we see you again. 